Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. She Reads Truth creates beautiful, accessible Bible reading plans and resources to help you get into God's Word every day. Each week here on the podcast, we talk about what we're going to read together as a community this week. I'm your host, Rachel Myers. And I'm your other host, Amanda Bible Williams. And Rachel, how fun was this episode? I love Blair. Oh, Blair guys. Fan Club. All right. Our guest this week is Blair Lynn. She is joining us for week four of our Exodus series. Blair is an author, a speaker, an actress, a spoken word artist. You all, her resume is so fun to read. Her (laughs) bio is so fun to read. She's been on TV shows. She's had her own Saturday morning show. She's one of the OG Christian spoken word artists, which is awesome. She's been doing that since she was 13. Has written poetry for Sprite, Neutrogena. Let's go. I mean, that sounds like two truths and a lie. I've written poetry for Sprite. Right. But she has because she's that cool. Been on lots of TV shows that y'all watch or have seen. I mean, just like what a gal. But really, more than anything, it has been so fun to have this conversation with her about God's creativity. Yeah. She is married to Shy. They have three kids. They live in Philadelphia. This was our first time even meeting Blair, and this was such a fun conversation. I think it's really going to bless you and just usher you into the reading this week. So let's get right to it. Blair, welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. We're so glad you said yes. We're so happy to meet you. We're meeting for the first time today. And I, I have know. your reputation has preceded you. Mm-hmm. I'm so Aww. excited to talk to you. And I'm excited about, about you being the guest for this particular week of reading yeah. in Exodus. We're going to get to some good stuff. It's good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yay. Good. Yeah. Well, we are on week four of our six-week series. We, if y'all have been along with us on this ride, we have had really cool conversations with other guests as we have, you know, seen Moses be born in Egypt Mm -hmm. and the way that God called him and called him again and called him again and then used him Mm -hmm. to bring the people of Israel out of the place of slavery and into the wilderness where he is providing for them and giving them his law and giving them these ordinances and how to be a civil society that is just fully upside down from all the societies around them, where they're kind of all the people on the outside looking in are going like, who is this Yahweh? Who is this God of the people of Mm -hmm. Israel? And what kind of rules are these that bring the marginalized in and care for the the oppressed? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And like, that's just not how we do things. And so that's where... We really find ourselves this week. Yeah. We get to like kind of tick over into this section that I love mm-hmm. where we talk about the kind of the building of the tabernacle. Yeah. Yeah. Blair, our study book that I think you have with you. And those of you listening, if you have your study book, you know that this kind of second section of the reading plan that we're in is titled For Glory and Beauty. And that actually comes from a verse that we'll read this week. You'll find it. You'll know it when you read it. And so I love that language. And I love how last week we talked with Joel Matamali about a lot of those laws that you're talking about, Rachel, um, and how they display God's character and how He is setting apart His people for His glory. Right. And that is also what's happening as they build the tabernacle. But this week is really where we get a lot of that beauty mm-hmm. um, that to see, I think uh, you were praying, Rachel, before we started and said to the Lord, you care about beauty. And mm-hmm. and I thought, yes, and He is beauty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yes. Jesus is the beautiful one. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. And we don't mean like a pretty man. We mean... What a handsome guy. <laughs> right. In fact, Scripture said the opposite, right? But but that he is all things beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he's the perfection of you. And I, I was thinking even, yeah. you know, right before this section in chapter 24, where he meets with Moses and he meets with the elders and he displays his glory, his beauty, yes. really. And so we see also just how personal God desires to show his children that it's not even just about the laws. The laws are important, but I want to personally meet with you. I want to dwell with you. Yeah. I want to be with you. You are my people. I'm your God. And, you know, we see that glory, I think, displayed in this week. So I'm excited, excited yeah. to chat about Me this. Me too. 
I love that. It's like what we were saying with the laws being, you know, the laws that brought in the marginalized. It was the like, we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, God saying, don't forget where you came from. You know, mm-hmm. every one of you, I brought you mm-hmm. out of slavery. Mm-hmm. Likewise, we love beauty and we pursue beauty because he first did, but even more than that, because he is beauty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what we get to read about this week. Starting in chapter 25, y'all listening, this is a, it's like all the different feelings about this week that you will read in these coming five days, because like on one hand, it's a lot of numbers and a lot of like measurements and that yes, kind of is. thing. But yes. Detail, detail, detail. <laughs> and mm-hmm. my tip always when it's something that's a little bit more difficult to read, read it out loud. It kind of helps you. I think it helps uh-huh. me process and think as I read. But also, Amanda, I see you've got your study book open. I do. I just think it's helpful because in this first section, that we're going to be looking at from Exodus 25, it starts with like we're the tabernacle, right? And we're, we're going to read some of this out loud together. But I think it's helpful to define like what the tabernacle is because mm-hmm. the Lord is going to tell them how to make it. Right. And so I think it's helpful to kind of zoom out for a minute and go, okay, when we're talking about the presence of God in Scripture and we're talking about God's relationship with His people, what was the tabernacle and like what was the point? And so our team did a great job, I think, of defining this. There is an extra in the study book where we'll talk about this too. There's an illustration that you can get real geeked out about in there as well. It's, and it's beautiful. It's so cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I can say that again because I have nothing to do with how beautiful that is. But <laughs> you didn't draw this? I did not draw this. That was our team. Yeah, Shocking. it is awesome. Yeah. Shocking. But there is a definition on this page, and I'm just going to read it because I think it's helpful. The tabernacle, this portable temple, so even that is helpful to me. It's a portable Mm. temple, Mm -hmm. a tabernacle within a courtyard. It was designed and built according to the instructions God gave Moses on Mount Sinai, which that's what we're going to read this week. Mm -hmm. During their 40 years in the wilderness, the Israelites would set up this tabernacle in the middle of their camp when they stopped. This was the place where the presence of the Lord would descend to meet with Moses and the priests. Mm. So the Lord is going to great lengths to explain to them and having them go to great lengths to to create this meeting place because, as you just said, Blair, like he— desires a relationship. And this book is so relational, God with His people, but there are rules around that relationship because God is holy, right? and His people are holy in that they're set apart, and He has set them apart, but they are not perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there, it has to be done in a certain way. But I just thought that would be helpful to set the stage. It helped yeah, me. Yeah, so. yeah. It is helpful. It is helpful. And to note, like, and ultimately, I mean, we can talk about it pointing to the ultimate tabernacle. I guess we'll get there. Yes. You know, yeah. you know, we see in this portable tent, this movable structure that God is saying, I am holy. You know, yes, there's a certain way that you are to approach me. And I'm going right. to walk you through that. I am mm-hmm. going to actually help you get there so that you mm-hmm. can have this connection and communion with me. Yeah. And it's brand new. Like there's Mm. like up until this point, there wasn't a Holy of Holies. There wasn't a system like a sacrificial system, a priestly system, like all of this being set up for this nation. That's right. That's what we're reading right now. And so before that, the access to God was even more limited than Mm. it is here. I mean, this feels like brand new levels of access Mm. to God. And we talked last week about the weighty reality of the fact that we, as believers, mm-hmm. on this side of the curtain tearing, have unfettered access to God. We can mm-hmm. we can whisper His name and mm-hmm. and speak to Him. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of the context for where we are as we as we read these chapters. Yeah, I'd love to just read the beginning here because it's such a good tie back to some of what we read at the toward the beginning of the book of Exodus in Exodus chapter twenty five. Starting in verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites to take an offering for me. You are to take my offering from everyone who is willing to give. This is Mm. the offering you are to receive from them, gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, fine linen and goat hair, ram skins dyed red and fine leather, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices and anointing oil for the fragrance. So a lot of things, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And onyx, along with other gemstones for mounting on the ephod, which we will learn about soon, and breast piece. Rachel, 
Where are they going? <laughs> where would they have gotten all of these Why things? W- They've been slaves <laughs> for four hundred years. Why? How would these slaves have these uh-huh. former slaves? That's right. Have all of these materials? But y'all who read, I guess it would be from week two with Margaret. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that right? Yeah, I think so. I Exodus mean, guys, twelve. I think. Yes, you got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh-huh. They <laughs> plundered the Egyptians by saying, yes. "Hey." We'd like to have what you have before we leave. And the Egyptians were so terrified that they peacefully gave all of their treasures to the people of Israel. Uh Mm, I mean, mm -hmm. what do you think about that, Blair? Yeah, and and it's something because I think it's interesting, too, that the first thing that God asks of them is for a free will offering. Mm -hmm. And it is free will, yeah. It's Mm -hmm. a free will offering, you know, that you're to give. It says from everyone who is willing to give. That's right. And, you know, here's this people who has been enslaved, now has plundered. As you said, they have all of these, you know, items of clothing and silver and gold from the Egyptians. And then God says, okay, and give back to me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I have given you all of these things. I told you to go get them from the Egyptians. And, you know, the Egyptians accepted that. And so now I'm saying, return, return mm-hmm. to me, give it freely back to me. And I'm going to use this to establish my tabernacle. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's encouraging <laughs> to see yeah. like, yeah, the Lord has provided actually yeah. what he requires to meet with them, <laughs> even in the gold and, you know, all right. of the ordinance items that he's requiring of them yeah. to build this tabernacle. It's so humbling because you look at this story and this free will offering, and it's so easy to sit in the seat of like, oh my goodness, you guys had nothing. Give it all. Like, this is all from God anyway. Just give it, give it all to Him for this tabernacle. Like, what good, what use is it to you when God provides you everything you need? And then, Mm. like, I turn that around and say that back to myself, (laughs) and I'm like, you came into this world with nothing. Everything you have is from the Lord. Like, what good is it to you except in the Lord's service? Everything you need, you have from him. Mm. And all of a sudden, you're going like, okay, like that's what the free will offering looks like. And, mm. and then it's just beautiful. I love what you said, Blair, about this is just one more way that God mm. shows his provision, that he would identify that plunder, I mean, years before and just go like, yeah. in this, like, because even before it happens, Way before he goes, in this way, you will plunder the Egyptians. And then it happens. And then here we are with all of the materials that they're going to need mm-hmm. to be able to set up a place where they have access to God. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Verse 8 says, They are to make a sanctuary for me so that I may dwell among them. You must make it according to all that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle, as well as the pattern of all its furnishings. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going to tell you what to do, just like you said. Um, I love Blair. beauty and I also love order. <laughs> yes, yes. Right, mm-hmm. right. And just a reminder of his covenant that he, you know, he's going to mm-hmm. be their God. They are his people. And so, you know, they are to make a sanctuary, right? This set aside holy place so that I may dwell with them, which is amazing. I mean, if we really think about the yes. fact that how do we dwell with a holy God yes. when we yeah. are unholy, I mean, that is our biggest dilemma. That's mankind's dilemma that, you know, we are not able to enter into the holy place uh, because of our sin. And then God says, no, I'm going to provide everything that you need for this sanctuary so that I will dwell among you. I want to be with you. I mean, and that's, I mean, like thinking about the reality, putting our feet on the ground in that scenario, these people have heard the stories of their ancestors and of the mm -hmm. theophanies, these like appearings, these physical appearings of God to man. You know, I think about like when he wrestled with Jacob or like Moses in the burning bush or like all these little moments where like man interacted with God, but they were just like legend, right? Like they're just Mm -hmm. like, these things have Mm -hmm. happened a couple of times. And now Yahweh is going to dwell Mm. among us. I mean, that's, and they're going to actually get to see, they have already before chapter 25, seen the earthquake, fire, mountain, smoke Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. um, that is God Mm -hmm. appearing to give the Ten Commandments. But I just, I I can't imagine what that must have been like. Mm. That was quite a description. What did you say? Fire, earthquake, earthquake, thunder, like situation, volcano situation. <laughs> yes, it's like a it's like a very wordy band name. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. 
One of the things that actually really stood out to me as I was reading this is actually the first piece of furniture, if you will, that is in the tabernacle, which is here, Mm -hmm. which is the Ark of the Covenant. And, you know, which which we'll see is going to go into the holies of holies behind the veil. And what struck me this time that I don't know that I saw in the same way before was what's on top of the Ark of the Covenant. And that is the mercy seat, which is on top of the covenant. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so in the Ark of the Covenant, you have the copies of God's law that he's given to Moses, but then covering that, the very thing, the law, (sighs) right, which would condemn us Mm -hmm. because we're not able to uphold the law, right? Mm -hmm. That we should uphold because God is holy, right? Right. He deserves, right, perfection, but we're not able to give it to him. So the very thing that would condemn us I find it interesting that God doesn't put a judgment seat on top of it. Blair. He puts a mercy seat on top of it. Yeah. He provides a way for mercy. And he says, I'm going to meet them here They're at the mercy at seat. At the mercy seat. Mm. And I, that just, I just like, I was just like, whoa, thank you, Lord, for your mercy. I yes. love that. Yes, the mercy seat. Like, I feel like I've been like, yeah, I know about that and I understand about that, but I don't think I've, what you just said, putting mm-hmm. it in the context of the law being beneath the mercy seat, enclosed in the Ark of the Covenant, sealed mm-hmm. with the mercy, the law sealed with yeah. mercy. That's so, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that plus the cherubim. Mm-hmm. So yes. the cherubim, there are two cherubim. Like, so, so you guys, as you read this this week, you will see there's so much detail mm-hmm. all over the mm-hmm. place in this. Right. And so, if one you're an of, artist, draw it. I mean, ignore our oh. drawing and draw it yourself. Like, have fun with this week because there's so many descriptions. I know. I yes. feel like I want someone to draw just the ark and the mercy seat mm-hmm. and the cherubim. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, fu- it's funny because as I was reading, do. I would doodle, you know, I was kind of yeah. doodling it out. Now it doesn't look pretty, but Who cares? just in my mind yeah. to kind of yeah. get an idea of what right. is being described. So it's very yeah. helpful. I yeah. Think. Well, I love, so one of the details given is that there should be two cherubim of gold to the both ends of the mercy seat. And verse 20 says, the cherubim are to have wings spread out above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they are to face one another. The faces Mm -hmm. of the cherubim should be toward the mercy seat. Mm -hmm. Set the mercy seat on top of the ark and put the tablets of the testimony that I will give you into the ark. Mm -hmm. I will meet you there above the mercy seat between the two cherubim that are over the ark of the testimony. I will speak with you from there about all that I command you regarding the Israelites. Now, this Ooh. is not the first time in Scripture because God is the best author mm-hmm. of the best story that we have seen two angels standing guard, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so if we go back to Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve have sinned and they have been expelled from the garden, in mm-hmm. verse 24, he drove the man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming, whirling sword east of the Garden of Eden to guard the way to the Tree of Life. And Mm. so there were cherubim guarding the way to the Tree of Life and guarding the entrance back into the Garden of Eden. And we have cherubim here in like a guardian stance over the ark and the mercy Mm. seat, the very place that we will have access to, as you've been saying, Rachel, through Jesus. Yeah. Right. But the life and death seat, like life and death are both represented at the mm. in the ark and on the mercy seat. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, Chris Kane. Yes. We'll just run laps like Do a Chris Kane. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's right. It's so interesting because there are so many, I think, references to Eden yeah. here. Yes. You know, as you mentioned with the cherubim. Also, one of the things I found was in the list of materials that God tells them to use, you know, he talks about, you know, gold you know, the offering that you were to receive gold and silver and mm-hmm. bronze. And he goes on and on all the way to onyx at the end. And yeah. we see that in Genesis 2, where it talks about the Garden of Eden. And it talks about the gold and the onyx. Yeah. And then also, we'll see later with this lampstand, which is oh, yeah. shaped like a tree. Yep. So I just, I think it's mm. interesting. And then one of the with things those, too, yes. yeah, all these connections. Also uh-huh. in the creation story, we see... It talks seven times, you know, it says, and God said, and here within our text, seven times we see it begins with, and the Lord said, or the Lord spoke to Moses. Mm -hmm. So there's so many connections here, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that the Lord is, he's doing something new. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's doing something new here. Those creation days at the beginning, and here there's a the very like creation-y theme. Not the mm-hmm. not one to one in any way, but like there are threads mm-hmm. where you're going like, I'm going to create this now, this space. It's not Eden, but my presence hasn't changed. My presence is exactly the same. Right. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the lampstand. I was so fascinated by. It's made of gold, but it's got such organic matter. You know, like with the branches and the almond blossom and the buds mm-hmm. and the petals like it's just mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. very organic-y feeling which is cool and so in chapter 25 verse 37 talking about the lampstand making it seven lamps and set them up so that mm-hmm. they illuminate the area in front of it it's snuffers it's fire pans must be of pure gold it goes on but I think the thing that I thought was really beautiful is that that's the one source of light. Like that's the mm. source of light mm-hmm. in that yes. whole tabernacle. There's no electricity, right? right? And there are other lampstands. Like there is like such a very clear outline of every single thing that mm-hmm. will go in that space. It's not like you also get to be like, and I also ended up going to Hobby Lobby and I got these things I really <laughs> love and uh-huh. I put up a little coffee station. Like, no, like it's exactly this is what's going to be in there. And this is the one source of light that illuminates right. that space. And it's supposed to permanently burn, right? That's it's right. the light right? that doesn't go out. Oh, my um, word. I know. It's the light that's not consumed. You know, they are to continuously be checking the light, you know, making sure that it yep. doesn't burn Tending out. Tending to it night and day, Aaron's yeah. sons. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll read that this week. That's in kind of toward the end of chapter 27. Mm-hmm. And it says that Aaron and his sons are to tend the lamp from evening until morning before the Lord. This is to be a permanent statute for the Israelites throughout their generations. So for the foreseeable future, forever, this should be true. And I mean, Rachel, I'm going to go ahead and Jesus juke us one more time to say that it is the only source of light in the tabernacle. And Jesus, who every, I mean, who will be the perfect tabernacle, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just the dwelling of God, but like the exact representation, right? right? He reveals Mm -hmm. the Father is the light of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Never extinguished. Never. Ever, ever, ever. The darkness did not overcome it. Yes. Right. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, that's right. And one of the things we we kind of skipped over a little bit is the table yeah. for the bread, yeah, which also we're we going to be flipping to backward Jesus. and forward. Yeah. <laughs> yes, talk um, about it. I you know, love that. But yeah, you know, we see here with this bread, these loaves, which there were to be 12 loaves yeah. representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Yes. And we know that the bread wasn't there, which it was also to be there continuously, but not there because God is hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's <laughs> there because he wanted to sup with them. I think it points to God's hospitality. We saw in chapter 24 that the elders, when they met with God, it said they ate and drank. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So not Mm -hmm. only did God God display His glory, but He supped with them. He hosted a Um, meal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's Mm -hmm. right. You know, and, and we see this in the New Testament as well with Jesus, you know, supping with His disciples. And so, yeah, and He is the bread of heaven, you know, so all of these things really do point to Christ. Yes, yes, they do, which he tells us, right, that Mm. everything you read in the scriptures. All the law and the prophets, it all points to me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's interesting, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it again, you know. I mean, it's all about him, you know, it's all about the Lord, and it really Mm -hmm. shows we really can do nothing apart from him. You know, Mm. you wouldn't have the materials to build this tabernacle apart from him, providing it. You would not have the ark, you wouldn't have the law, you wouldn't have the bread, right? You wouldn't have the lamp shining continuously. The oil, Uh, yeah. Right. None of these things would be able to exist apart from the Lord allowing it to exist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just like, I mean, we've talked in episodes past, not just in this series, but in others about that theme of the presence of God in Scripture and how it does Mm -hmm. begin in the garden and these little theophanies along the way. We we love Mm -hmm. that word. And then this tabernacle that he tabernacles with his people, you know, for the first Mm -hmm. time. And then comes the temple. And we remember then that the temple is destroyed and the exiles to Babylon Mm -hmm. and they come back and they rebuild the temple. And, but, and we said this and we got to hear from Dr. Hayes about this. 
at the end of our reading of Ezekiel back in April that the presence of God didn't reenter the temple until Jesus came. Mm. Emmanuel came and entered the temple as a baby presented to Simeon and Anna slash also when he like rode into Jerusalem and, you know, Palm Sunday, like all of these like moments of the presence of God. And then he said, like you said, Blair, like tear down this temple. I will yeah. rebuild it in three days. That's right. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. thread of the presence of God in scripture, we're in the like beautiful thick of it right here. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. And we have also this, I mean, we're going to read instructions this week for precisely how they should build not just the tabernacle, but every piece of furniture in it, right? And mm-hmm. like you said, Rachel, it was all very specific. It wasn't, there wasn't anything really left to their discretion. No, yeah. <laughs> it was. And so one of those pieces of furniture that we will read about is the altar where mm-hmm. the burnt offerings would be made. And I mention that because before we pass over it, I just want to read this bit from Hebrews 9 talking about all of this pointing to Jesus. Verse 11, but Christ has appeared as a high priest. We're going to talk about the priests here in a minute too. But Christ has appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come in the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. He entered the most holy place once for all time, Mm -hmm. not by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. Yeah, I mean, that <laughs> is that is what we are looking toward. Is that Hebrews? Right? Right. That is in Hebrews 9, yeah, yeah. It's something because, you know, as amazing as this tabernacle is, and even as we go further, the further details that there mm-hmm. are, and the Lord choosing to reveal himself through the tabernacle, it really is only a shadow, you know, I mean, You're that's right. what this that's is right. pointing to, yeah. you know, it's only a shadow, but the reality really is found in Christ, That's you right. know, and so we praise the Lord and I'm sure, you know, well, I should say the Israelites, I'm sure praise the Lord for the opportunity to be able to dwell with God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we have the fuller, <laughs> the fuller ability now to dwell with God in a way that they did not have. And yeah, he he accomplished once and for all as our great high priest, you know. Yeah, that's right. And he doesn't have to enter in again and again. Right. And even <laughs> you know? now, between two advents, like we have more access than they ever had. And mm-hmm. yet we have something even better than this to look forward mm-hmm. to. Thank the Lord mm-hmm. better than this. Like I right. want, I want, yeah. I want God to come <laughs> and make yes. all things new and to dwell with us forever and ever, the holy, 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 holy. And we just won't be able to stop saying it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's what we get. And when we are there, I don't even know that we'll be able to look back to like, well, it used to be this way because now it is this way forever. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. good. Also on the lampstand day, which is what I'm going to call it, yeah. um, day when 23. we're reading, and day 23, thank you for that, <laughs> I had remembered all of the furniture instructions yeah. and like the priestly garment instructions, which we'll talk about soon. The, those all stood out in my mind, but I had forgotten that the instructions about like the actual like upright supports and cross beams and mm. stuff that even mm-hmm. the structure itself yes not just how it was decorated mm-hmm. or filled mm-hmm. but like the structure itself that was all dictated and detailed by God mm. and i just had this moment of thinking you know of God as a designer i mean i think of God as mm. creator Mm-hmm. You know, and he created the world. So obviously there's creativity and design, but to think of it in terms of something as as concrete and tangible, something that, that people can also build. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just yeah. to think of like an oh, architect. He's, he's also like the ultimate architect mm-hmm. and the right. ultimate fashion designer yeah. and the ultimate <laughs> yeah. um, you know, all of the like mm-hmm. furniture right. craftsmen. Yeah. And I just got really fired up about like, of course he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yes. And it's interesting. I never thought of this, even how when he came, he was a carpenter, you know, I mean, even making that connection, (laughs) you know, yeah, Um, yeah. but it's like, yeah, why would the Lord care about all of these details? Yeah, because he's a creator. Yeah. (laughs) And creators care about the details. Yeah. You know, and every specific detail was an important 
part of his creation and how exactly he wanted it to happen. And so, yeah, it's just, and it's so beautiful. I mean, when you just uh-huh. think of all the colors and the vibrancy of in this the middle blue of the and wilderness, and scarlet. Yeah. In the middle of, yes, this probably dusty, dirty, <laughs> dry, brown, you know, backdrop. We have this beautiful, like almost gaudy, if you will, yeah. piece of gold and bright colors with tassels and little pomegranates and bells. And mm-hmm. it's just, I just, I don't know. I just, I can picture that in my mind of what it would be like to just have this desert space and then just have this tent, this portable tent. Right. Rome, you know, kind of moving through this space uh-huh. in all of its beauty. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. all of its glory. Yeah. For glory and beauty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know. <laughs> the thing that like is true is that he, while he gave these instructions, he not only gave the instructions, but he equipped and created these people, these people who were probably born in Egypt, right? Like many of them under that edict Mm -hmm. of death that Moses was also born under. Like you think Mm -hmm. about their history, where these people came from, what they learned in Egypt, the skills they had, what talents and Mm -hmm. gifts he gave to them to be these expert Mm -hmm. craftsmen to get to carry out the instructions that he gave them. Yes. Okay, I want to come back and talk about the veil because it's in that day, but now I have to move on for a second at least. Please. To chapter 28 where we talk about the, we read about the priestly garments. Okay, yes. And that's Mm -hmm. where a lot of that is, Rachel. Please. Um, So in chapter 28, verse 1, this is still the Lord speaking to Moses. Have your brother Aaron with his sons come to you from the Israelites to serve me as priest. Aaron, his sons, Nadab and Abihu, maybe? Sure. Eliezer and Abihu. Ithamar. Thank oh, you. Abihu. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I forget to do the <laughs> law. Okay. Anyway, yes. Uh-huh. Verse two, make holy garments for your brother Aaron for glory and beauty. There it is. Mm. Verse three, you mm. are to instruct all the skilled artisans, there it is, mm-hmm. whom I have filled with a spirit of wisdom to make Aaron's garments for consecrating him to serve me as priest. And then it goes on to detail, like, Mm. here are all the things that we're going to make. But that right there, these are skilled artisans who I, the Lord, have filled with a spirit of wisdom to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And then there's so much detail about how the garments are made, the different pieces. There's really like Mm -hmm. tender details about the names of the 12 tribes being engraved on Mm -hmm. the, is it on the ephod, on the breastplate? Being things put over Aaron's heart. So that it's carried over Aaron's heart as he goes before the Lord. I mean, very detailed. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you, Blair, as an artist, because you're a spoken word artist, you're Mm -hmm. a writer, you're many things. You're very creative, mm-hmm. and you use your gifts yeah. that the Lord mm-hmm. has given you for glory and beauty, right? Mm-hmm. So, how does this? How do you connect when you read these details? Yeah, you know, I mean, it struck me that these garments would be made. It says for glory and beauty, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, it shows me that God He cares about that which is beautiful. <laughs> He cares about that, which is glorious. I think sometimes we have this idea because of God and, and I think because of our own vanities. And I think sometimes, you know, we can look at things and just for vanity's sake, we want it to be kind of, you know, we want it to look good. Mm -hmm. But he's saying, I have a purpose. This is not vain. (laughs) This is just for my glory and to display Mm -hmm. that I am a beautiful God. And I want this to be beautiful. I want this to stand out, to be a holy place, but also a beautiful place. And so, you know, to see, wait, God cares about how things appear, right? And, yeah. and, and I think what also stood out to me was, you know, these were skilled artisans, but it says filled with a spirit of wisdom. That I saw struck that me. Too. Yeah. yeah, it's not enough just to have a gift, Mm-mm. right? This mm-hmm. isn't just having a gift, right, to be used like a good for eye. any old purpose, yeah. right? Yeah. God had specifically filled them with a spirit of wisdom. That's and right. so it made me want to say, God, give me a spirit of wisdom, you know, so that yeah. I can use the gifts that you've given me 
for your purpose and to point ultimately to your beauty and your glory, right? Yes. You know, that you have God who he is the perfection of beauty. All beauty originates from him. All glory Mm -hmm. is in him. And yet you see Jesus coming. He chose to come in the form, right, that, you know, was not beautiful on the outward, you know, right. when you look on him. You know, see, we know that but true like beauty actually men hide is... men their faces. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. And so we know, like, true beauty is, it's spiritual, right? But I think what God was saying, and even we see, like, in First Peter, which it talks about, like, that outward adornment and making sure our inward adornment outweighs Mm -hmm. the outward adornment. But it doesn't say don't adorn the outward, right? It doesn't say, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't wear your hair in braids, you know, Mm -hmm. don't look good. You have to dress in a muumuu, you know. It says (laughs) that the inward should be greater than the outward. And God's the inward of God. The beauty of God is more grand than anything that we could visualize in this tabernacle, as beautiful and gorgeous and glorious as the tabernacle was, it was merely pointing to a That's greater right. beauty, a yeah. greater glory. Amen. Amen. And I believe, Blair, that when we create as image bearers and when we use our gifts to bring beauty into the world, I believe that that is part of our testimony to who mm. God is. That's right. As mm. creator mm-hmm. and as the beautiful one mm-hmm. and the redeemer and the one who's making all things new. And I think it's so kind and awesome and cool of God mm-hmm. to like invite us to do that. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, honestly, God didn't need them to build this. God could have just zapped mm-hmm. it or whatever. You know, like he created everything right. and ex- like with a word with yeah. his with his words mm-hmm. so and but he he's, existed mm-hmm. in the cloud of smoke and the pillar of fire like he right. can, he can do anything he, he wants didn't to do. need them to do this but he's inviting them he's like here's my design yeah. that's right and i'm inviting right. you to carry it out he cared about the process right and like the process mattered yeah and he wants us to participate in his creation right and creating mm-hmm. these things for his glory mm-hmm. and really any time that we use any gift that the lord has given us mm-hmm. that's really what we're doing we're a part of this process of pointing to him like you say the heavens declare the glory of god right he could just say i'm only going to you know declare my glory in my way in the heavens mm. But yeah. he says, I also, I want to suck with you. I want you to be invited in. And as I minister through you, you mm-hmm. get to participate That's in right. a bit of my creation in a way. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I see that you've kept your hand on the veil, which I appreciate. Oh, I mean, listen. I feel like we need to talk about it for a minute. There's something about this week that I... Look, probably more than most weeks for us. Like, there's just a lot of turning pages backward and forward. I love it. That's my favorite. I want to talk about that. (laughs) But that's, I mean, going back to day 23, like, just the details of the veil. I honestly don't even have anything all that insightful to say, but it's just, there are the three veils and they just get, you know, they divide, you know, the outer courtyard, the holy place, and mm -hmm. the most holy place. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're, beautiful. <laughs> and I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think that they're really special. Amanda, you might, or I, Blair, you might even have something more in- interesting to say than I do, except for just, it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, when I think of this veil, uh, this curtain, that mm-hmm. the priest even, I mean, we'll get to the altar of incense, you know, so it was like the altar of incense was just on the other side of the veil, right? On the other side of the holies of holies. And mm-hmm. You know, the priests, though, could not enter the holies of holies. They couldn't go past the veil. So the mm-hmm. closest that they could get would be at that altar of incense. And then the high priest who would go through the veil, right, mm-hmm. to be able to atone once a year. And I think, you know, of course, about Christ and when he died and that veil being ripped and torn yeah. into. Yes. And how now... <laughs> We have full access. Even you think about, you know, even as you mentioned, you know, you have the courtyard, you have the holy place, and then you have the most holy place. And, you know, only Jews could be or enter the courtyard, right? Right. Then you have priests who can enter the holy place, and then the high priest who would enter the most holy place. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm a Gentile, you know, I've done like the ancestry, Likewise. you know, yeah. I'm 1% <laughs> Jewish, right? Okay. But I'm 99% Gentile. I yeah. couldn't even enter the courtyard, right? There was right. the area for the Gentiles, right? Mm-hmm. An area that was set apart for them, but there were limits, right? There was literally that wall of hostility that we hear about right. in Ephesians yeah. where the Gentiles had to be out. And then as a woman, there was mm-hmm. an area that we had to remain in. Outside of the and outer so court. Yeah. we were so limited outside of the outer courts, right? And Jesus completely rips that into and says, mm-hmm. we have access. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whether you're a Jew or Gentile, whether you're a man or woman, you have access because mm-hmm. of my sacrifice, my blood, you know, because I fulfilled the law, because yeah. I died on the cross and I sacrificed my Blood is the perfect lamb of God because mm. I resurrected with all yeah. power. Yeah. And now you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And yeah. so you are indwelled with a God. A royal priesthood. Um, yeah. A royal priesthood. Absolutely. <sighs> I love the way your posture changed as you talked about that, Blair, that you just like, even as you said the words, and I have access, like your body just went (laughs) straight up like, yes, that's me. I'm included in this family of God. And I'm so thankful and so proud that I get to be like one of his daughters. Yeah. Right? Yes. And we can boldly approach the throne now. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. As an heir of the covenant. Yeah. If we would have approached the holies of holies, we would have been put to death. Yes. But yes. we can now approach the throne like <laughs> holy, holy, holy. We can approach the holy, holy, holy yes. God yeah. and yes. have full, complete access, no hindrances anymore because Amen. of God's mercy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. You know, this conversation and specifically that about daughters and women and, and <laughs> being outside, I thought of of us, <laughs> mm. as I was reading about the priestly garments, mm-hmm. so much beautiful detail. I think this part is super fun to read because you try to like envision what it would look like. But when they talk about the robe and the way that the robe was created, the I wonder if this is where "Be There with Bells On" came from. Probably not, but Let's there were bells. I like there it. were <laughs> bells on the priest's robe, and so this is in. I'm looking at chapter twenty eight. It starts describing the robe around verse 31, but it says, starting in verse 33, make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn on its lower hem, the the robe's lower hem, and all around it. Put gold bells between them all the way around so that gold bells and pomegranates alternate around the lower hem of the robe. The robe will be worn by Aaron whenever he ministers. And its sound will be heard when he enters the sanctuary before the Lord and when he exits. Why? So that he does not die. You'll read more about the priests this week, you all, as you read. In chapter 29, you'll see the description of how the priests were kind of consecrated or ordained. Mm -hmm. It was a seven-day ceremony, and there are, no surprise, instructions for that. (laughs) Um, And you get It's very Leviticus-ish. The language Levitical. right there. Oh, that is like that, that is the actual word. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for making up my own non-word. Uh-huh. I love um, it. I love it. <laughs> but can I say about Leviticus? Yeah, you I can. think the thing. So we're talking a lot in this section, even about not a lot, but some about the twelve tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. And so, like, quick little history lesson: we have Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, right? He was promised a son, and that all the nations would come from him. And that is Isaac. Isaac had Jacob, and Jacob is the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so these 12 tribes are like, this is like the okay, this is happening. The all nations are coming from here. And this is possibly a connection that everyone else in the world has made. I'm going to say probably probably not. not, Because I don't know what you're going to say, but I'm excited to hear it. Okay, well, like one of the sons was Levi. And like we knew that. And when they create the tribal allotments, which actually come after Exodus, when they enter the promised land and Levi, his generation or his, Mm -hmm. um, all of his family, those are the priests. That's the family Mm -hmm. of priests. And we read in the first chapter of Exodus that Moses' father is a Levite. And so, of course, 
Aaron and Moses are Levites, and this priestly family comes through them. And then somehow, mm. like, I don't know, I've only ever thought of Leviticus as the book of the Bible name and not like Leviticus. Like, like that's the, oh, the, the priestly Priest. connections. Mm-hmm. No, I hadn't either. You hadn't either. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I hope everyone trusts me after I say that. Because it's true. It's like, oh, of course that's what it but is. But it's just like, you, words are words and like names well, of and things. especially yeah. if you are familiar right. with them and you've heard, you know, just as excellent. But, I mean, since Leviticus, you were a child. it's like the it's the priest Leviticus. Well, I'm yeah. going to start saying it so that way from now. From Levi, and um, <laughs> anyway, but there's and so just, me saying Leviticus ish reminded you of that. Uh-huh, Levitical. Uh-huh. Anyway, the but it is interesting <laughs> this week, y'all, um, as you read to read about like the way that the twelve tribes are recognized, and it's a lot mm-hmm. of a an answering to promises, but also this foreshadowing of promises yet to be fulfilled, and it's just mm. sweet to know the story of scripture. It's just mm-hmm. so sweet to read it because there's so many things that are like pun intended interwoven here. Um, <laughs> and you're just like, I think the reading that you'll do this week where like, I think on the outside looking in, it might seem sort of tedious mm-hmm. because it's just like a lot of like, and then do this, but oh my goodness, like it's just so intentional and so beautiful and you're bound to make connections. Yeah. And I think that we've mentioned on the podcast, but we're going to read Leviticus in the not-too-distant future. We've never read it together as a community um, in 10 years of reading the Bible together. So we're going to do that, and I'm excited. We're going to follow it with Hebrews. Um, so what a perfect oh, response great. to Leviticus. Am I right? It's a one-two punch yes. right the, there. Yes. The, the Leviticus book and then follow it with the book that loves the great high priest. Yeah. Let's yeah. get to it's it. It's going to be so good. But there's a lot of, the reason I said that it is Levitical <laughs> <laughs> um, is that you're getting like the instructions for the consecration ceremony involve like, here's what you do with the animal when you sacrifice it. And That's so a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. It, you, you can read that and go like, ooh, this is very specific. Mm -hmm. But again, seeing God's kindness and like, I'm going to walk you through this. I'm going to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. And I love, I'm just going to read from the end of that chapter. So that is chapter 29. And so he's doing the consecration ceremony and giving further instructions that they're going to carry out. There is a part toward the end of the chapter where I'm going to start in verse 42. This will be a regular burnt offering throughout your generation. So he's just described that at the entrance to the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak with you. So kind Mm. of the purpose of all of the, Mm -hmm. like consecrating the priests is this, verse 43, I will also meet with the Israelites there, and that place will be consecrated by my glory. I will Mm. consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. I will also consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God, and they Mm. will know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God." Mm. I just appreciate the reiteration. So that they will know. Those of us who read Ezekiel with us will hear that and hear the echoes of Ezekiel all through that. Yes. Mm. Yes. One of the things that I was reminded of as I read this section was how much they had to do in order to be consecrated. Yeah. You know, so there was, you know, the sacrifices and these offerings and they had to be washed a particular way and Mm. clothed with Mm -hmm. these specific garments, anointed with oil. There were sashes and headbands and it took seven days and, you know, now worth it in order to have the Lord. I think it reminded me of how simple our faith is, you know, and how it was just, there was just such a contrast of us being able to come to the Lord by faith, which feels so simple. I mean, Christ has done all of the work uh, Mm, for us. It wasn't simple. But for us, we are the beneficiaries of Christ's work. And it's really just by faith. And Christ clothes us and He has already made the offering for us. He's already washed us, right, with water. And He's anointed us and He's provided everything that we need. And so it just made me thankful and like grateful to have this relationship with God and and grateful that because they, you know, all of this that they did, but these were not perfect priests. Yeah. We have a yeah. perfect priest. That's yes. right. That's right. You know, Praise we have God. a perfect priest that we can bank on, we can count on. And I'm just so grateful to have him, to know him, that he dwells with us. 
right? And we with him. That's mm. beautiful. Yes. Amen. 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 <laughs> oh, I'm so thankful for this reading this week. And Blair, thank you for the way that you walked with us through that and, yeah. and jumped around with us through that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it's so beautiful. It was beautiful when I read it in preparation for this conversation. It's even more beautiful reading it with the two of you and yeah. hearing mm-hmm. you articulate the beauty, goodness, and truth that you saw mm-hmm. and the connections mm. that you saw. I'm really thankful for that. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for bringing me in the conversation. And it was just sweet finding Jesus with you in the book of yes. Exodus. Like we couldn't help mm. ourselves. Yes. I mean, the three of us were going, oh, this is this is Jesus too. Oh, wow. <laughs> exactly. There's so many pointers. It's like, but here and here and here. Uh-huh. Here's Christ. Here's Christ. <laughs> this is pointing to him. Yeah, uh, it's great. <laughs> such a good conversation. Thank you so much, Blair. I would love to read the few verses from 2 Corinthians for us just as a benediction because the last reading day this week will be about the incense altar. And so we, of course, think about like the tabernacle even smelled beautiful because Mm. and there were, let's be clear, there were sacrifices. And so there would have been the stench of death. Yes. Mm -hmm. But... There was also intentionally, and this feels like a kindness to me, yeah. who I don't like unpleasant smells, that there was an incense altar yeah. where there would be mm. the altar. of, And there was anointing oil. The anointing oil mm-hmm. had a pleasant mm-hmm. aroma. And of course, we think of the aroma of Christ, yeah. you know, mm. and that that's who is part of being the priesthood, part of mm. being people of his possession and his people is that we are the aroma of Christ. And that's what these verses talk about. This is Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in Christ's triumphal procession and through us spreads the aroma of the knowledge of him mm. in every place. For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Mm. That's the word of the Lord, you guys. Mm. Thanks Praise be to the God. Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord. thanks be to God. Blair, thank you so much, truly, for this hour. This has been such a gift. Thank you for having me. It's been great to fellowship with you guys. Mm. <laughs> Y'all listening, you know what to do next. You have five reading days of beauty, goodness, and truth to read, to be women in the Word of God and men in the Word of God every day this week, whether in your study book, in your app, on the website, in your Bibles, wherever that is. We just encourage you to open your Bibles this week, and then next week we'll come back for week five of our six-week series. But until next week, Blair, what do we tell our friends? Keep opening your Bibles. 